0: Hello, welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal every week to bring the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we pray that it changes your heart and provokes life change and action. God bless and please listen from your heart. Enjoy. covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Thank you, Judah, for reading that and sharing in that scripture today. Uh, Did you have to define what covet was for him? I'm sure he asked, what is this? What is this? What is this? And that's a good thing. So uh, this morning we're looking at the last commandment, and next week we'll wrap it up in kind of a summary kind of thing. But but this week we're going to look at what it means. And I, I thank um, our, our puppet team and, and of course, Trevor, for illustrating that for our kids, because when kids understand it, they remember it. When they remember it, they're able to use it. So it's it's so important that we look at this scripture passage in context this morning, but we also look at it in the fact of what it has to say for us. What bearing does it have on our own lives? Because if we read scripture and we just say, well, that was good for a time period to which it's not our own, then we begin to say, well, where does this fit in my life? We have to make application. We have to say this hits home for a lot of us. So this, this morning, we look at that passage in <clears throat> Exodus twenty seventeen, and And it really says to us that as far as coveting goes, is be content in what we have, right? Because God has given us all that we need to accomplish all that He needs for us to do, amen? So it's, so it's very much to understand things, yes, when i drive around or i'm looking around and my vehicle squeaks when it stops and it and and it you know doesn't look the best and everything else i'm thankful to have something to ride in and i'm not walking <laughs> you know there's 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 the ability you look around and you say well somebody's got this or that better than i do or or so forth and you start comparing in that way but we were never meant to compare we were meant to be happy in what we had so the first thing we look at And the first thing we kind of walk into this morning is to be content in what God has given you. Content in what you have and not thinking of what you do not possess. Being content, that's kind of hard, isn't it, sometimes? But the reality of it is when everything that we have is wrapped up in Jesus, it's easy to be content because He's all we have. We realize that all we've been given, everything that we own in our lives was given by God so we understand they have to be given for a purpose and what are we going to do with what we've been given to speak to his goodness to speak to his love to speak to his joy his mercy his grace all of those things because if we have something else in our heart it kind of eclipses that but another term we can use to describe this is nestled within the word envy now, I know you've heard that word, envy. And envy is a desire to possess another person's gifts, possessions, position, or achievement. So, envy is something that goes along with. That idea of coveting or wanting something that is not your own or wanting something you do not possess or wanting something you do not have, so you begin to be all consumed with that. If I only had, or if I only had this, then, then whatever your excuse might be. But the reality behind that is this. You have what you need. Be content in what you have or what God has given you on this day. Secondly, this morning, Trevor talked about it. The puppets talked about it. What did they talk about? It said it says in the heart, right? That's a lot of what our problem is. It's a problem with the heart, and just with the human body. We understand the heart. If it's not in correct working order, it affects everything else, right? If the heart is not pumping and moving, and every bit going the direction it, it should be, and everything getting out to the, all the all the hands and the feet and everything else, then everything starts to not work right. So you think about coveting and you think about how somebody does in their heart. Because when you think about coveting, you also understand that not only wanting what you don't have, but also hate begins there, doesn't it? Hate begins in the heart. Somebody might say, well, well, I just, you know, it's in my mind. No, it's in your heart and it moves to your mind. So what about the hate in your heart? Leviticus nineteen, seventeen, and 18 says this, You shall not hate your fellow countrymen in your heart. You may surely reprove your neighbor, but shall not incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Now, if... If you really pay attention to all of that, it deals with how you treat one another. And you and I are meant to be those that bring people to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of the kingdom of God and how to grow. We are not meant to be stumbling blocks to our friends and our neighbors, to those around us. So if I'm a Christian, I have something that my life should be wrapped up in. And it should be in the purposes and the plans of God. When it says there at the end, it should get your attention. It says, I am the Lord. That means pay attention. That means that it holds greater weight because the Lord is saying it. It holds greater weight because God has ordained it. And where God has said it, it's not meant to be a suggestion. Sometimes when we... Are sharing with others something that they ought to do, they take it and they say, well, should I or shouldn't I take their advice? They started saying, well, this and that. Well, if you've asked somebody and they have your best intentions at heart, why wouldn't you follow their advice? The same thing goes as where God says to do, it's not meant just to think about or consider when God says, do it this way, I am the Lord then He intends for you to do it that way. And I find we get ourselves in trouble is where we say, what should I do? How should I take this? Or what should I No. God says in this passage, don't take vengeance. Don't hold any grudges. Love your neighbor as yourself, for I am the Lord. Very specific things, right? And all of those things speak to Christ within you. So having hate in your heart creates all kinds of issues within your relationships with others, and particularly your relationship with your neighbor. But it starts in the heart. Thirdly, what we see in this passage this morning, or what we see within God's Word this morning, we have to deal with something that that plagues a many person What about the lust in your heart? So we talked about coveting. We talked about hate. What about the lust in your heart? Because hiding that stuff in your heart begins to control you. Anything in your heart that occupies the space which the Holy Spirit should reside and His holiness and His righteousness begins to take control of you and can take control of how you act and react. But what about the lust in your heart? Job 31 9-12 9-12 says this. says, If my heart has been enticed by a woman, or I've been lurked at my neighbor's doorway, may my wife grind for another, and let others kneel down over her. For that would be a lustful crime. Moreover, it would be an iniquity punishable by judges. For it would be fire that consumes to Abaddon, and would uproot my increase. Lust in our heart contends to be something that we want more and more what we feed is what takes on the most in our life so if hate is what we feed then hate takes over right if lust is what we go after it takes over If covetousness takes over in our life, that begins to be something that consumes us and takes the focus off the main thing in our life. The main thing should be God, His holiness, His righteousness, and what He desires to do in our life with what He's given us. See, when we have our mind out of focus, that's when things begin to spiral out of control. That's when we are able to to look to other things and say, those things are more pleasurable in our eyes, in our mind, in our heart, than our God is. And what is worth breaking that relationship? Or what is worth damaging that relationship? What is worth anything that God has given you? There's nothing in this world, essentially, that is worth creating that barrier between you and God. Creating that barrier, not only between you and God, but if you think about it, you and I are witnesses of what Christ has done in our lives. So it ends unintentionally, we think it only affects us, but we say, you know what, it affects others. Because others in this world, our neighbor in this world, is searching for Christ and looking for the Christ that lives within us. They're looking for evidence in our lives. They're looking for what we need to be about. So keeping our heart clean is important. Fourthly, We look at Romans 7, 7, and it talks about sin and law and coveting. Romans 7, 7 says this, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I would not have come to know sin except through the law. For I would not have known about coveting if the law had not said, You shall not covet. So the law, the law, what is it referring to? It's referring to the Ten Commandments. It's referring to the Old Testament law. It's referring to what mankind for ages had followed until that point. And Jesus said, I have came and made all things new. So not only did He build upon those things, but He said, this is how we are to live. See, Jesus changed everything for humanity. He changed everything for me and you. He brought the hope of salvation and availability of that salvation to our lives. So no longer were we strangers. No longer were we outsiders. No longer were we people that did not have hope. We became grafted in to the vine. We became Christian believers that followed a Christ that could save any soul, any place, anywhere. But... If that hadn't have been enough, He would have given us more. Or He would have done more, right? See, Christ is enough. What He has given us is enough. We don't need anything, anywhere, at any place to take the space that He should have in our lives. So the last point this morning I want to bring to you is this. Contentment leads to faithfulness in God. What is contentment? Well, if you look for a working definition within my Bible software, I found this. It says, it is not a passive acceptance of the status quo, but the positive assurance that God supplied one's need and the consequent release from unnecessary desire. So contentment. If you desire to be content... Come before the Lord and be honest about the sin in your life and what you so easily lend your heart to. Maybe if you're coveting, maybe if it's lust, maybe it's hate, maybe it's a number of things, but whatever it is, bring it to God and allow for God to turn your hearts to Him. We can't. Think about it like this. You and I can't. If we could, we would have already done it, right? But whereas we cannot, God sees the heart. And in order for us to have the heart surgery that we need, we have to turn to God. We have to be content in Him. And that means that even though God knows what we are doing, we have to lift our hands to Him and say, God, I need you to take this. I need you to do the surgery you can in my life that my whole heart might be yours. See, God doesn't want partial. He wants the whole thing. But what about faithfulness? Faithfulness, then, must not be viewed as an isolated act. Rather, it's an attitude that should characterize the entirety of life of those who say they have faith in God. Although, by definition, all unbelievers are characterized by unfaithfulness, God's children are called to manifest faithfulness as a fruit of the Holy Spirit scripture says it again and again that people are to take notice of us because of the love we have for one another but they also take notice of the faith that we have in God that is unwavering despite the situation that we are in that means that he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all then we've got to think about faithfulness we've got to think about contentment and the things that we have Not to be wrapped up in what we don't have. But I want us not to confuse this. God's always faithful, even when we're not. Amen? Even when you and I aren't doing what we ought to do, when we have hate in our heart, when we have covetousness in our minds, in our hearts, when we have a a desire for others, when we have all these things, God's still faithful. God's still good to us. And we don't deserve it. But He desires for us to realize that in our life. To seek Him and His kingdom and His righteousness. He desires for us to do that. See, I I think about it like this and I ask the question, do we ever think there's a reason you and I do or don't have the things which we have? You might say, well, what do you mean? I work hard. I show up at work. I'm there. You ought to see so and so. They never show up. Right? But there's a reason why you and I have what we have, and what we don't have, we don't need. There's a reason behind all of those things. And God has a plan and a purpose behind all of that. And He wants us to understand that God and His will, it's not ours, is it? God's will is not ours. God knows better than we do. We don't know everything that God's thinking, and that's good. Because if we did, it'd probably scare us. But His ways are not ours, and with certainty, what we have to understand is His timing is not our own. So what questions can we ask of this? How can we make this real to us today? Is this an unconquerable mountain? Is this too difficult to traverse? Is it hard? Yes. But is it too difficult to traverse? My answer is no. Think about Mount Everest. How many of you have ever heard of Mount Everest? Anybody? Okay, if you have not heard about Mount Everest, for some of you who are not raising your hand, um, it's the highest mountain in the world. The five and a half mile peak named Mount Everest It was named after Sir George Everest, formerly Surveyor General of India in the 19th century. Mount Everest is an eastern Himalayan peak, first discovered to be the world's highest by the Survey Department of India. In 1860, its height was computed to be 29,002 feet. The Chinese, however, in 1973 announced it as 29,032 feet for the peak. The mountain was finally conquered in the morning of May 29th of 1953 after a total loss of 11 lives from the various preceding expeditions since 1921. Is it an unconquerable feat? Many people would say before that point that nobody had ever done it before. But the reality behind you and I, we may never have came to God like we ought to, but that doesn't mean that God is not where He is and is not accessible. He desires for us to be as disgusted by the sin in our lives as He is. But He wants us to be happy with what He has given us. So there's one undeniable fact. And if you haven't paid attention in any of anything else so far, there's one undeniable fact. We cannot conquer this life alone. You and I cannot make it through life alone. We cannot make it and be good enough to enter into the kingdom of God and stand before a righteous judge. It's impossible without personally knowing Jesus Christ and daily Walking with him. You and I have to know him for ourselves, right? There's a difference in knowing about somebody and knowing them, right? You and I are good at knowing, oh, that's so-and-so that's made with so-and-so's family and connected with so-and-so's family, but do we know them? We know of them. We have an idea that they're out there in this world, exist somewhere. But the difference in knowing them is that we have that personal, intimate relationship we know the ins and outs of their lives, but greater still, they know the ins and outs of our lives. When we have that right relationship, we have to personally know Jesus and walk with Him daily. That means if the only time that we get our Bible out is to go to church, y'all, we're in trouble. If the only time we turn on that app is just that we can say that we did something, it's, we're in trouble. We have to understand daily to fight the battle that is ahead of us or to fight the battle that we're already in. We've got to come to the Lord and we've got to understand He's the only means of conquering this mountain in life. But make no bones about it. You and I can't, God can. And in coming to Him, we recognize that fact that we cannot, but God can. So if coveting, coveting, envy, or something else may be your mountain and you try to go it alone, failure would be the outcome. But Christ makes all things possible if we allow Him to. See, there's the difference. You've got to say, God, you're all I have. God, you're all I need. Here are the things which plague my heart and mind. I give them to you. And He is faithful every time, isn't He? Even when we're not. Even when we desire to go a thousand and one different ways, He is faithful. But I believe it like this, that holding on and letting go are two postures that you might have right now. But I believe only one of those Conquers the unconquerable mountain within us all. Are you going to hold on? Or are you going to let God take control? Because you can't have it both ways. If we revisit the Mount Everest climb for a moment, the stark reminder of how hard that climb is becomes evident to anyone who tries to attempt to climb that mountain. If you've ever been a student and studied those kind of things, there are all kinds of bodies along the way of those that did not make it. But the reality behind life itself, the only means of overcoming is through Jesus Christ. And I truly want you to get that this morning. The only way that we can conquer the things in our life which so easily take control is to turn it over to God. And it's not about starting a gossip session with everybody around us. It's about giving, coming clean before God. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to come clean before God. I'm going to ask you to come to God and say, say, look, I have messed up. In my heart, there are things which don't need to be there, and it's causing all kind of issues in my life. I can't go at it alone. I can't work hard at it enough. God, I've got to come to you. I've got to lay it before you so that you can begin to heal my broken heart. That you might be able to strengthen me to your will and your purpose. That I might be content in what I have and be glad for the things that I don't have. Amen? Because that's the reality. God gives us what we need to get by that day. He wants us to come to the next day and okay, and say, God, what do you have for me today? I'm going to turn my heart over to you today. God, in the next day, the same thing. In the next day, the same thing. Till one day, you see Him face to face. And the greatest thing that you and I can ever hear is well done. Amen? Because the reality is, is that tomorrow, 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 we're following God. There's going to be a time to where we're going to have that tomorrow that doesn't come. And that's going to be the time in which we get to see Jesus. And what a day that will be. But at the end of the life, if we are coming to Him, that's the point we need to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's the point that we need to have removed every distraction, every doubt, every idea from the minds and the hearts of anybody else around us. Because the number one question I always get and when I talk to people is, I wonder if they knew Jesus. Leave no wonder to those around you. Leave no wonder to the people in your life whether you knew Jesus and He had your entire heart. Be open and honest about your struggles and come to God and get right by Him that He might do His will in your life, that you might be happy with what you do have and be content with what you don't. Your heart. Let's pray. For joining the Friendship family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash FBCMS. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, We would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day. And remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.